Welcome to Freedom Through Faith. Prepare to be blessed as pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau leads us into the anointed study of the Word of God, teaching and empowering you how to impact your world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, teaching you how to receive the blessings and provisions of God and how to walk through this life with Freedom Through Faith. And now, here's Pastor Robert Thibodeau. We now rejoin today's message already in progress. You know, back about, oh gosh, I, I want to say six, seven years ago, MTV, MTV did a survey on morality. Now that's a switch, amen? But they took the Middle Ages, the idea of the seven deadly sins, you know, lust, greed, all those things, and they surveyed their audience basically the millennials, about what they thought about them. And MTV and their audience believed from the survey all these things that were called seven deadly sins in the Middle Ages are now called virtues. They didn't consider them the seven deadly sins. They called them the seven major virtues. Acceptance is the all-encompassing word. The predominant thinking in our society today is these things are what we should aspire to. And no, I'm not kidding. When that happens, and your entire sense of morality as a nation is that warped, that your conscience as a nation is ill-informed and no longer functions. So you have unconscionable behavior. And then you laugh at things like the Jerry Springer show. Instead of falling on your face and weeping before God, that the lost souls in that program would be saved. A depraved mind, reasoning so corrupt that it must be rejected as non-functioning. And as a result of that, what happens? God gave them over, in verse 28, to a depraved mind. So as a result, they do the things that are not, what? Proper, fitting, sensible, reasonable What do they do? They are filled with all unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, envy, murder, deceit, malice. What's that? Folks, that's the nightly news in this day and time. It's the local newspaper. Slanderers, haters of God. On and on and on it goes. Conscience can only function. Conscience is kind of of like a a skylight, okay? A conscience is a device that shines on your moral code. It's a mechanism like pain. Pain is a mechanism God gave the body that helps you to respond to a physical stimulant. If you want to call it. It says to you something's wrong with your body. Pain is simply the device that tells you that. Stepping on a nail, the pain is not what's wrong. The nail is what's wrong. Pain is telling you something's wrong. And it's a good thing. It's a good thing because it tells you you got a problem that you need to deal with. That's what conscience is. It's a mechanism God gives that accuses you or excuses you. Romans 2 says that. But it only functions if it's morally informed accurately. If you have a culture that has developed a twisted morality, then you have a conscience that functions off of the twisted morality. 
And then you get all the stuff, all of the inexplicable behaviors. That's why in verse 32 it says, Although they know the ordinance of God, all they know, all they know, inherently in them, Romans 2 says, What is right and what is wrong? They who practice such things are what? Worthy of death. They know that, but they do them anyway. And then, not only that, they give hearty approval to those that practice them. The government, our leaders, are saying it's okay if you're homosexual. It's okay if you're depraved. It's okay if you go against societal norms that have been established for thousands of years. It's okay. We're going to re-qualify and rename and, and redefine what marriage really is. It's okay. Folks, God says, no, it's not. This country is so far gone. And if you're honest, don't stand up and say, we're the United States. We're a Christian nation. No, uh, the President of the United States has said, we are not a Christian nation anymore. And he is 100% right. We have Christian majority in this nation that refuses to take their authority. And as long as we turn the authority of this nation over to immoral people, we stand under judgment. This country is so far gone, it not only tolerates homosexuality, it encourages it. And now, in our public school systems, it is teaching young children... It's normal. And if you stand against it, you are an intolerant, bigot, small-minded, and you need to be prosecuted because you don't accept it. There was a mayor in Houston a few years ago sent out an order to all of the churches within the city limits that she demanded they send to her office, transcripts of their sermons because she wanted to see if they were preaching against homosexuality and she was going to take action against them. Well, that didn't work out too well for her because in a matter of a few days, she received literally millions, well, I won't say millions, hundreds of thousands of transcripts and CDs and tapes from all over America, not just Houston, where pastors were preaching what I'm saying today. Glory to God. And she had to backtrack. Whoa, 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 never mind, never mind. I withdraw that demand. But the thing is, society as a normal right now is approving of this type of action. Or she wouldn't have done it. She was setting up a trial balloon. Because if it would have worked in Houston, you can bet other cities would have taken notice and started doing the same thing. And it's only a matter of time. It is only, I mean, you see already, we're not going to perform gay marriages. Well, now that you're being prosecuted. We're not going to make cakes that go against our beliefs. Now they're being prosecuted. We are coming to that day and time when Christians will be prosecuted for the name of Jesus and their belief in that name. When a culture like this approves of that kind of sin, 
when sin is promoted and given cultural rights to exist, when Christian values and morals are ridiculed and prosecuted, that is a perfect description of the society we are in today. When Bill Clinton was about to be impeached because of Monica Lewinsky's affair, his ratings went up, not down. Because this society is basically saying, hey, he's our kind of guy. He's just like us. There are some who claim Barack Obama is a bisexual. And some of his supposed homosexual partners from the past have actually passed polygraph exams to back up their claims. But you never hear about it in the liberal press. Nope. They refuse to cover it. Because Obama's their guy. And they will lie, they'll twist the news, they'll cover up facts, anything to make sure their guy remains in power. All the things Hillary Clinton has done, or should I say failed at, in her 30 years of public service, the media portrays her as their kind of guy. We need this type of leadership in the country. And they refuse to talk about anything negative about her, of which there is plenty to talk about. The media will lie, they'll twist the news, they'll ignore facts, they'll cover up anything to make sure their guy gets into power. In the late 60s and early 70s, it was journalists who refused to back down when they heard rumors about Watergate was being orchestrated at the highest levels of government. And the journalists ended up bringing down President Nixon, the most powerful man in America and probably the world at the time. Today, journalists just toe the line and go along with the plan. They never contest it. They never investigate anything that could upset their guy. That's another sign that God is righteous and just to abandon this country. So the scripture tells us this type of society, they are without reason, without conscience. This is what it means when God abandons a society. Sexual revolution, down one more step. Homosexual revolution, down one more step. You can never get your way out of it because the mind, the cultural mind is gone. It is gone. I could put it this way, maybe more simply. There is no sure indicator of a corrupt, wicked, and abandoned society under God's wrath than when that society does not tolerate any type of speaking out against sin or sinful lifestyles, and we are there. This society, the one we live in today, will not tolerate you standing up and displaying righteous indignation against sin publicly. How long is it going to be before preaching against it from inside the church, from the pulpit, that the government's going to come in and say, you can't say that? They're doing it right now in Canada, when I was in Canada preaching a couple years ago, they told me, don't say anything against homosexuality. One of our partner ministries down the road here just a few weeks ago got hauled into court because of it. It is against the law in Canada and many nations in the, in the European Union to preach against homosexuality. You can't say anything about it. You can't read the verses we just did in Romans chapter 1. You can't read it. It's in the Bible, but you can't read it. And we're getting there. 
By the way, the liberal left says their goal is to make the United States more inclusive and more like Europe. That is their stated goal for the United States. Which means being a Christian and speaking out against sin will become a crime. Oh, don't shut me down when I'm preaching good. Glory to God. Remember, I just talked about the mayor of Houston and how her office got so flooded with thousands upon thousands of sermon outlines and all that that she had to back down. Folks, that's what happens when Christians attack sin. The devil backs down. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So Paul is unfolding for us this picture of what a society looks like when it's abandoned. It's not my description. Now you see why I said I think America's here. It's Paul's description written in the Bible. We are going through the cycle in Romans 1. Amen. Why does it happen? Well, go back to verse 18 and find out. Why does it happen? I'm going to give you the short version. Here it is. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven in this form of abandonment against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men that makes up this society. Who suppress what? The truth. They suppress the truth. From the Garden of Eden, it started out as a war of truth, right? God says, eat the fruit, you'll die. Satan says, ah, you won't die. There it is. Pick one. Who's telling the truth and who's lying? Abin and Eve believed Satan. They thought God was lying to them. And that started the truth war, and we're still in it today. It's always about the truth. And what is the truth? <laughs> Biblical truth. Glory to God. John 17, 17. Thy word is truth. Glory to God. There you go. Take the word of God out of its place of supremacy, and you suppress the truth. Deny the truth. Deny its veracity. Deny its authenticity. Deny its inerrancy. Deny its inspiration. Deny its sufficiency. Deny its clarity. That's the latest one. Nobody really knows what the Bible means anyway. They'll say, oh, it's a wonderful book and we believe God gave it to us, but you can't really understand what it means. Oh, that's convenient. Or they'll say, we, meaning society, we have evolved. And the Bible just doesn't apply to life in modern day society. As a matter of fact, when Obama switched from being in support of traditional marriage, and Hillary as well, to in support of homosexual unions, they used the phrase, I have evolved. So there it is. The truth is always under assault. This nation has succumbed to that. There are even churches that have decentralized the truth because they think the truth offends people. It's divisive. The purpose-driven church movement, all that crap is about that. Take the crosses down. They offend people. Darken the lights. Make it more of a nightclub atmosphere so they feel more comfortable. Don't hold invitations where they have to walk the aisle. Don't preach against sin. There it is. There it is. It's always evident. Don't preach against sin because it makes people feel bad. You are, folks, the truth is all we have. God saves through the truth. You're begotten, Peter said, by the word of truth. You're sanctified by the word of truth. Jesus says, sanctify them by your truth. Thy word is truth. John 17, 17. That's all we have. 
But of course, the truth is being assaulted by Satan. Of course, the critics come along and say, it's not inspired. It's not true. You can't believe that. Of course, the mystics come along and say, oh, it's fine, but we have more revelation here than over there. There are some who come along and say, well, the Bible's fine. It's just not sophisticated. You add philosophy and other kinds of things to the Bible to fill in the blank spots. There are those who come along and say, well, it lacks clarity or relevance. The idea that Scripture is clear, that God intended it to be revealed, not to hide. That's why the book of Revelation is called the Revelation, not the hiding. The pure, unadulterated Word of God will generate a negative reaction in many cultures. I get told all I get told this over and over on Facebook and emails and in conversations that I'm too hard on sin. You need to speak the truth in love after all. Jesus loved everybody and told us to love everyone. Have you ever noticed they forget the parts where he called the leaders of the church of that day hypocrites? He loved the people who did not know any better. Because they've been misled by their leaders. But he came out boldly against those who should have known, but refused. Folks, all we have is the truth. Amen. Real quick, you can know four things, four reasons for the wrath that has to do with suppressing the truth. First is revelation. Romans 1.18 says, Suppress the truth and unrighteous, because that which is known about God is evident within them. For God made it evident to them since the creation of the world. His invisible attributes, eternal power, divine nature, have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made. So they are without excuse. That's talking about scripture. It's talking about the fact that God has laid his truth in the very fabric of man's being. He's with, not without a witness to the truth. If you want to go over to chapter 2, you can read about how the Gentiles who don't have the law do instinctively the things of the law. These not having the law are a law to themselves, and they show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience bearing witness. I get asked from time to time about people who you know have never heard the gospel. What about them? Well, that, that verse gives the answer to that. There's two ways. One reason. Amen. Where, where does reason inevitably take you? Reason takes you to an ultimate cause. A cause and effect. Amen? You go back to God. The first massive cause of everything. So that's in the very fabric of society, of human beings. Amen? You have to work hard for a couple hundred years to convince an entire society that it's all nonsense. Amen? That nobody times nothing equals everything. That's where we're at today. And the second thing is morality, which is built into the fabric of all of us, and it has again to be cultivated to the point where you have a society of people whose reason doesn't need God, whose sense of morality has been totally perverted. And here we are. Since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power, divine nature is clearly seen, clearly understood, but yet we're without excuse because this society has rejected God and been rejected by God. And that's the second one, rejection. Men turning away from the truth. They reject God. They reject everything about God. They have the knowledge of moral law and reason that leads them back to a moral lawgiver, a judge and a creator. They know that 
but they still willfully say, I don't believe it. So they dishonor God. They don't honor him as God. Amen. But if you're smart, by being the term, you think you're smart by using the term being inclusive. Look at verse 22. Professing to be wise, professing to be wise, they became fools. That's the third step. You go from revelation to rejection to rationalization. They rationalize their positions. Amen. Thank you for your enthusiasm over that revelation. Glory to God. But it comes down and goes from revelation to rejection to rationalization to religion. That's right, religion. Verse 23, they exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible men, birds, four-footed animals, and crawling creatures. What religion is that? Oh, I don't know. How about environmentalism? Amen. Don't they worship the creation, Mother Earth, rather than the Creator, Father God? You see that going on at high levels of government today? The president said the most serious threat this nation faces is not Russia, Iran, North Korea, or Islamic terrorism. The most serious threat this nation faces going forward is global warming. Need I say more? Today, they like to talk about being spiritual, don't they? I'm very religious. I'm very spiritual. So the question is, what do we need to pray, Brother Bob? Well, if you turn to Psalms 81, we don't have time because we're almost out. I'll just read it there. The Holy Spirit will give you direction here as we think about this. See, this doesn't sound familiar. Verse 11 in Psalms 81. But my people did not listen to my voice or my word. Israel did not obey me. So in verse 12, I gave them up. Now think, if he did that with Israel, a people he had covenant with, what do you think he's going to do with America, despite all the famous faith preachers who say it's never going to happen? They claim they speak for God. But we are not a covenant nation as Israel is. We, are, we have covenant individually with our Savior. Glory to God. Individually, we have a better covenant. Amen? But as a nation, we have no covenant with God other than to love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength and to love our neighbor as ourselves. But we've left all that behind. We fail to obey God's commands as a nation. Therefore, we're not in a position to be blessed. If you're not in a position to be blessed, you're cursed. Back in Psalms 81. So I gave them over to the stubbornness of their own heart, to walk in their own devices. I let them go. I let them go to the consequences of their own choices. This is God. He's abandoning them. But look at verse 13. Here's the heart of God, and this is what we have to grasp in America right now in this very hour. Here's God, his words. Oh, that my people would do what? There it is. That they would listen to me. Listen to me. That Israel, that America would walk in my ways. Right there, folks, is your mandate to pray. Amen? 
What do you have to pray for? You have to pray for the word of the living God to be proclaimed across this nation. If it's not being proclaimed in the churches, it's not going to be proclaimed everywhere else. This is not a time for weak men, weak pastors, weak churches, weak ministries to preach weak, feel-good messages. This is a time to call on God to raise up a generation of passionate, faithful, gracious, loving preachers of the word. So that a nation will listen to the word. They'll listen to God. That is the only answer. Amen. Do you think God will react? He says this in verse 14. I will quickly. You like that word? Isn't that a good word? I don't get a picture of God dragging his heels here. He said, I will quickly subdue their enemies. I will turn my hand against their adversaries. I would be so great that even the people who hate me would pretend to obey me. Then I love this, verse 16. I would feed you with the finest of the wheat and honey from the rock. I would satisfy you. That's metaphoric for God saying, I just drown you in blessings. Amen. Glory to God. But if we as a people continue to reject his continued warnings to repent and to turn from our wicked ways, if we continue to elect morons to lead us, then God is just and he is righteous and he will reject the United States of America, and he will turn us over to our enemies. You don't think that had happened? Neither did ancient Israel. They believed since they had the temple, God's house, he would never allow their nation to be invaded. And they were wrong. Don't let this happen, or don't let that happen to this nation. Take a biblical stand against sin. Speak up! Only attend churches where the word is preached and sin is not accepted. Only elect a political office those who will promise to overturn immorality and anti-biblical issues and laws. It took decades for this nation to fall this far. It'll take time to climb out, but we can do it one step at a time. Amen? Right now, this election is not about Donald Trump. It's not about Hillary Clinton. Right now, this nation is about biblical standards. Which party do you believe will put biblical constitution interpreting judges to the supreme court and affect this nation for 30 40 years to come that's the party you need to vote for if you want to go against god and against the bible then go ahead and vote democrat if you want biblical believing morality back in this land again vote republican yeah i said it let the irs come and try and take my papers i don't need them anyway glory to god pray with me right now father in jesus name forgive this nation of its sins forgive this nation father elect only at all levels of government bible believing believers in jesus name amen be blessed in all you do you have just heard a message of encouragement from anointed pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau with Freedom Through Faith Ministries in Baltimore, Maryland. For more information on the Freedom Through Faith Ministries or to invite Pastor Thibodeau to your church, please visit our website, www.ftfm.org. That's FTFM for Freedom Through Faith Ministries. Again, that's FTFM.org. Until next time, when we gather together around the Word of God, be blessed. And remember, we serve an awesome God.